At the beginning of each podcast episode, hosts will typically read an ad for another company, but we're going to take this opportunity to promote and plug what we're building. We are building an AI-powered app that's going to be your personal mindset coach. Think about it as if you had a therapist in your pocket, one that will help you get to know who you really are, process your emotions, and make sense of your thoughts. The app launch waitlist is back live, and it's on our website. For convenience, we also left the link in the show notes. It's very simple. All you got to do is put your name and email address, and you're signed up for the waitlist. So you'll be the first to know when we launch, and also you'll be the first to be able to actually test it. For now, here's a clip from this week's episode. I'm like, how did I have that tenacity? Just like, I didn't care. Yeah. I, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I'm... Like, I, I am just going to keep going at this and I'm going to figure this out. And, and it worked out because I was actually very fortunate enough while I was in this Art Students League of New York doing odd jobs. You know, I ended up stumbling into a job for Samsung Marketing Company. And then from there, like, I mean, that became like a whole different journey. And we'll talk about that. But I also managed to find myself an editor from DC Comics. She allowed me to be an intern there. Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo. What's good? Welcome to another episode of the Can Do It As podcast brought to you by Plural, where... Our mission is to redefine professionalism. Every week, we have a different guest join us for a very candid conversation around the conflict that they've experienced between professionalism and authenticity. Speaking of guests, the clip in the intro that you heard is with this week's guest, the homie Ivan. These days, he's the co-founder of Video Game Amateurs, but his professional background is extensive and interesting. He's done everything from data engineering to coding to events management and production, instructional design. And he's worked for some well-known companies, including Samsung and Microsoft. In this week's conversation, we talk about the wild story of how he went from college dropout to succeeding in big tech and then starting his own video game events company. And a dope part about this is that although he doesn't take a quote unquote traditional path, He's gone on to do a lot of dope work, and I'm just excited to see his continued growth. That said, now that you know a little bit more about our guests, as well as this week's episode, let's get into this dope conversation. All right, cool. So... I always start the podcast with the word authenticity, right? Such yeah. a buzzword. You probably hear it all the time. But when you hear the word, what does it mean to you? Yo, so it's so funny. I have been thinking about this ever since we had that last conversation. I think like about a week ago. <laughs> I, think, I think right now, currently, authenticity to me feels just, I think, like relentless, right? Or the sense of like not, like not really caring what other people think and I, and I know there's a there is a word for that but but I think recently in my life I think in my journey right now authenticity really means to to choose to choose the path that feels right for you or 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 like who you are as a core relentless that's yeah. a powerful word man yeah 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 I mean it's tenacity it's like the, the word of it I think that just comes from like you know where I am right now in my life and I keep I keep you know kind of like pushing into that but no yeah I think authenticity when we when we sit back and think about like those about that level like where we're you know 
everyone everyone's journey and i keep mentioning about this journey this journey is going to be really important being real to oneself what does that involve what does that look like right mm-hmm. is there a, a level of relentlessness or a bit of tenacity is there a bit of determination things that we don't necessarily like give that like give those buzzwords to to like authenticity i think that's something that i'm i am now thinking you know i'm aligning that myself with that do you think growing up you were allowed to be tenacious no no i think that's where i think (laughs) i think i think everything that i'm doing right now in my life is is a reflection of what i wasn't able to do when i was growing up interesting tell me more like why weren't you allowed to be tenacious i think it's not that i think i i I know i and you know shouts to shouts to my my family i mean they were I, i i do i do struggle with just sort of thinking of like hey like they they definitely helped me get to the place where i am now right and if without their their efforts i wouldn't be to where i am but i think a lot of things i believe a lot of things that i wasn't able to do was a bit of them trying to like shield me from like no you don't necessarily have to do that like getting a job for example yeah, i think it's yeah. one as someone being of the you know an, an immigrant of uh, dominican parents and the dominican household they were always super uh, they were, they just wanted me to go to school. They wanted me to be, you know, like, you know, the doctor, lawyer, ingeniero, you know, obviously, sure, sure. you know, have to be one of those. Right. And, and I kind of did follow that path. Right. I try to, and I, and even in high school, like I, I went to like a art majors class. I was actually really gifted in, well, I'd like to say I was gifted in art, but like I did have like a lot of like those opportunities to go to, to a, a good art college, but I opted to just stay in, in New York, mostly because my parents didn't really want me to leave anywhere or mm-hmm. even the fact of like, you know, what's out there. You don't know what's out there. Tell, me, tell me about, cause I think a lot of our family's wisdom or advice is often them trying to protect us. They care about us. Like, yeah. And so tell me a little bit about some of the fears that just some of those conversations, like, like even the idea you said, like going to college, maybe there was an instance of like, maybe I do want to go away, but you were pulled to, to sort of stay. Yeah, I was, I was pulled to stay because obviously I had, I mean, we all have like a fear of, of our parents to some degree, right? Sure, like like yeah. and we, and we do trust them for our decisions. A lot of my decision making up until I was maybe like 16 to 17, it was very much my, my mom had a handle on like, Hey, this is kind of like where you need to go. And my, and my father mostly just just looked in and said, okay, well, you know, you look like you're doing okay. So, and, and we know. also just don't want to disappoint them. Right, 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 right. And, and me being the first child between both my parents, I have actually two other brothers to give you more context of that. It was my sister and myself that we grew up together. My sister was a second child and she went through, and the reason why I'm saying this is because it does involve to the story. My sister was able to go to a like kind of a preparatory school, like through like mm-hmm. Oliver, I believe. And so, you know, I wasn't able, I didn't go actually. So I, I, I did apply to those, you know, those, those programs that help, you know, kids like ourselves, kids of color, get into these like affluent high schools and colleges was just never got selected. But my sister, I felt my sister, I was like the dummy, the test dummy for all these things. And then my sister was sort of like, okay, we learn from him. He, she was going to be all right. And, you know, she did go through that, tra- you know, that trajectory through that passion route and shouts to her. I think she's also very gifted and she's super, obviously super smart, but obviously you can see like the difference of like, you know, we can see that parents, you know, they also don't know really what they're doing in hindsight. It's yeah, like, yeah, sure. like I can see. You know, you just sort of figured things out with me. But, you know, we I, I did listen to them as much as I can in terms of like figuring things out. But I've learned so much just on being like relentless and just feeling like, OK, I have I have something right. Like I have a, a passion for something mm-hmm. and I can't quite explain it. Only thing I know is that it's here. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere here. And I know I can't explain it, but I know I want to drive into it. Um, so what were some of those early passions that you kind of wanted to explore but were hesitant just because of these 
expectations that you thought you had to fit into. Yeah. I mentioned art earlier. Yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I, I didn't know that that was part of your passion. Your yeah. Th- that's, that was a journey. That was a journey. And I see that. And I, and funny enough, I see my art through different passions of mine. And so the big one was when I went to high school, obviously I went to like an art, like an art program through my, I did, you know, I got accepted to a few art schools. Actually, funny enough, I first went to NYU for engineering and realized this is, I actually don't want to do this. <laughs> like I was like, I just, I couldn't quite fathom the idea of like sitting in a desk and just coding away for the rest of my life. Wait, wait, I thought you were following art, but then you're saying you followed engineering. Like when was the, I ended up, oh, you put it aside side. to follow engineering. I put it aside to follow engineering. Right. So, Let's let's stop there though. Like why? Why you have this passion that you like I love this, but you're just like, let me go into engineering. And you could you could like both, but why the engineering? Because I knew that was a that was a safe bet. <laughs> that I think was a safe bet. I think we don't we don't and th- and you're going to get a, like an inner working of how I think of life. I said, this is just a stepping stone. Engineering for me is just a stepping stone. And there's so many people who are just like, yo, this is like the end all be all. And I'm like, no, that's cute. That's great. But that's not necessarily where I see myself in. But the way I see like everything in, in this journey, or at least in like my journey is like these are all acquirable skills. Mm-hmm. I had a really great mentor. Shouts shouts to, to my mentor for this. He was like, keep your skills hot and you'll always find a spot bar. yeah like absolutely <laughs> and and with that with that with that i knew going into the engineering school and t- taking some tools and figuring things out because at that point i think i want to do game design i was like i think i want to do game development i want to figure something out but i want to be i want to be here i want to kind of land i want to land here it may not be today it might not be tomorrow but i certainly want to build my passions and build my skill set that i can necess- i can find the right people around me to be able to complete what my calling looks like, or at least who I, you know, what I believe myself to be. And I want to showcase that through my project and through my passions. Was anybody like, did you grow up around engineers? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not grow up. No, I didn't grow up around any engineers. I think, no, I had nobody. I had like, and that's a beauty of, all my friends really say, like, you, you have some luck. You have some ridiculous luck to be able to, like, be in these spaces and be kind of like, you just, you just set your heart on something and you just kind of do it, which is yeah. why I think that's where my authenticity really comes from. I'm like, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that looks like, but I'm going to figure it out. And, I, and we, we really don't give a lot of, you know, we don't, we don't speak about that, like, I call it, like, that hidden, like that hidden power of, like, that people have of just, like, just being able to, like, go forward to what your calling looks like and what, mm-hmm. that, what does that, like, how do you enable that? Yeah. Because I still don't feel like even coming back into, like, my, the art. I, when I went to, after going to NYU, I left and I actually went to Pratt. So I went to Pratt Institute uh, to do, just to do, yeah, right, to do art, d- digital animation. Prior to that, I taught myself how to do macro, you know, Flash, you know, sure, back in Newgrounds sure. and all that stuff. So I made cartoon animations. And I still have a few. I'm, I'm sure they're somewhere like located in, in, in some archives at newgrounds.com. I got to find them. But I used to do animations like stick figure stuff, those fighting ones, you know, those things I used to do. I had, I learned Blender, I learned 3D stuff, all those things. Funny enough, I, I did into a portfolio. And it's so funny, I still don't believe myself to be like an artist sometimes. And there is that little like, yeah. you know, I did all that. And I still went to engineering school, but then went back. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to complete Pratt just because it's too expensive. And you were, were you working at, at the time where you were in Pratt? I ended up, I ended up working. I ended up working selling lemonade. I remember that. Yeah. Wait, so, what? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I had a, I had a really interesting, had a really interesting, like, like on, like on the corner. So I used to, I used to, so there used to be a, like a lemonade company that had like lemonade and also like had another subsection of like milk too. So I would go to like different bodegas and like grocery stores, like Restitis and all that stuff. And they'd be like, just checking in like, all right, how many, how many do you have? All right, cool. Everything good. 19 year old. But like, I just needed to make things gotcha. work. Yeah. Right. Because I was so in like hyped for this. 
But yeah, I mean, after that, then I went to the Art Students League in, in New York in like 57th Street. I learned, I was there with a bunch of old people because I couldn't afford Pratt. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to figure this out. And so I told my parents one of the hardest truths, actually, one of the hardest truths was, was really my first, my first avenue of being authentic with my parents. I was like, listen, I know you guys wanted Ingeniero, but like, I don't, that's not, that's not here, right? Like, I don't feel like I have that. Yeah. I want to do art, but unfortunately it's too expensive. So I'm going to take a year. I'm just going to be in this house for a year and, but I'm going to be working, but I'll be doing art. Yeah. Like, it's just, let's figure something out here. And my, my you know, that was like probably the first time my mom, well, my mom, it's funny, my mom, my mom did not want to tell anybody that I, like, I was a dropout because that was, that was crazy back in the day, yeah. right? It was like 10, 10, 12 years ago. It was like, well, it's crazy. you finished engineering school, but then. No, oh, I you dro- transferred to Pratt. So I went from NYU to Pratt my sophomore year. From, from there, I went, I, I just couldn't afford it. I was like, wait, how much is this? I have no, no grants, no scholarships. I was like, well, I can only do it one semester, huh? Oh, I didn't know that you, yeah. that you dropped out to go to Pratt. Yeah. Tell me before even getting into like your mom's reaction, your family's reaction. How did you feel during that time? Because you also have colleagues, classmates, and you're seeing people pursue these things. And maybe you saw classmates that were still in engineering school and they're not doing that, but they're continuing with their path. And here you are sort of like diverging into your own. Like, how did that feel? And then you finally make the decision to be like, nah, I want to do this. Because a lot of people don't make that decision until they're like 40. You know, that's cr- yeah. I I've never felt so alone because it felt like I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. All of my friends and my close fr- my close friends and the people who I grew up with are still in college. Mm-hmm. They're still in school, right? And that's all we've known. So they're doing that. My friends from Pratt are also like now pursuing it. But I was like, how do you guys afford it? Oh, because I have moms and dads who've who've had this money saved up and like they want me to pursue it. And I'm like, dang. And so, like, here, here I am, like, I can't even pursue what I love, yeah. but I've learned enough to say, okay, if I still keep disciplined and I still keep achieving this, then I'm going to get to this point. So, you know, it's even recent where I'm like, how did I have that tenacity? Just like, I didn't care. Yeah. I, I was just like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm like, I, I am just going to keep going at this and I'm going to figure this out. And, and it worked out because I was actually very fortunate enough. While I was in this Art Students League of New York, doing odd jobs, you know, I ended up stumbling into a job for Samsung Marketing Company. And then from there, like, I mean, that became like a whole different journey. And we'll talk about that. But I also managed to find myself an editor from DC Comics. She allowed me to be an intern there. I learned what that looked like for all that. All my comics and stuff are because of DC before they actually moved their whole entire operations to, to Torrance, California. So, I mean, you know, shouts to Sh- no, Cheryl. Shouts to you. Shouts to, you know, that team over there. Like, just like, say like yo, okay. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who did you, who did you tell about that decision besides your mom? Did you tell anybody like friends or, I mean, my friends, my, my friends at the time just didn't have an, like an idea. I think, you know, when you're, when you're in your like early twenties, they're just like, what do you mean you're not going to school? Like, that's so weird. Right. I'm wondering like, what was the reaction from just people like, yo, you wilding. Yeah. You wilding. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was, was not only the decision to do that, but even the decision to trans, like that's a big decision, bro. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think, I I think of those things. I think of, I think of movements like that in your life. Like you're just sort of like, well, I, I don't have any other choice now, do I? Right. And I think you have to, like, there, there is a lot to take an impact. <laughs> like, and I realize I do things de golpe. Like, my friends have always said that. Like, oh, tú de golpe. You just go in and you don't even think about it. I'm like, yeah, because if you think too much about it, then you're, you're stuck with this paralysis of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because it does sound simple. It sounds easy to just be there. But like, yeah, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. I go, like, where do I... Where do I go from here? Cool. I can always go back. It's not like I already have my credits. It's not the end of the world. Okay. Right. If I don't fail, if I fail here, fine. Right? right. I didn't necessarily. And I think to me, people are afraid of failure, but like failure teaches us a lot more better lessons than it is if you're always winning. Yeah. 
you're not as grateful for those for those opportunities if you if you always win, yeah. right? Because now it becomes it's almost like it's earned, like you feel like you earned it. No, you not necessarily. Yeah. I think there's so many things that kind of come alignment to that. And so even even as we're we're working, you know, as I <laughs> as I left Pratt, that was probably the most saddest. That was probably the saddest part, though. Leaving Pratt was probably really really that's cool. Just I really. I really learned a lot and I, I had some really good teachers and I was the only person of color in that class. So imagine every week, every Friday, we'd, we'd, we'd post on a board like the work that we done. Cause it only, we'd meet once a week, but you better got like, you better damn well had like art that looks like you've been working on this for like longer than an hour or two. And you can kind of tell, you know, art, art, you can't deceive art. People say you can, no, no, you can't, you can, you can't deceive it. Cause you can tell when someone puts in time and you can see sort of like with figure drawings and stuff like that. So I was up against some strong competition. People who like most of these people were international students. A lot of them were international students. And like yeah. the people who are here with the locals are barely like, they're on a whole different level. And I'm coming here just like barely making it. I mean, I remember that portfolio, my portfolio review. They're like, we see the potential. You just have to tweak this, tweak this, 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 this. And I, and I said, okay, cool, let's do it. And I got in, and I was very happy. It was between that and School of Visual Arts, and I chose Pratt just because. No, it's a, that's an amazing. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like off that, off yeah. rip, I was like, yeah, this is this just seems to be like where I want to be, and I know I'm going to be challenged. Boy, was I challenged! <laughs> I, I definitely want to get into that experience at Pratt, and just the experience of overall, of just like sharing your work, because I think it's a, it's a sensitive thing. It's just like something you've created and you're putting out to the world. But before that, the conversation you had with your family, right? I, for so long, just envisioned. I envision my grandma going into church and then being like, oh, Pavel, ¿qué está haciendo? And my grandma would be like, oh, my God, even if she can't pronounce the name of the company, she'd be like, oh, está haciendo venta de algo. Like, he's selling something, right? Yeah. But this idea of being like, oh, he just quit his job and he's doing podcasting. Like, pero, pero, ¿qué? ¿Y qué eso? ¿Qué eso? Oh, you feel me, right? <laughs> like, and, and it goes back to this idea of, like, we just don't want to disappoint our family. We want to give them something to, like, be proud of, right? So going back to that conversation of, of that being, like, a scary moment for you, like, we spoke about the, the feelings you had when you just made the decision for yourself, but how did it feel to have that conversation with your family? I mean, it, came, it, it comes down to something I think they also knew, too. It's like, you know, we just don't have the money for it, right? Like, I know mm-hmm. if, if they could, they would, right? And unfortunately, it was, and it's, uh, this is a very, I mean, this is not that super sensitive to, like, not speak about, but I think, I think you know, my sister was also going through college, too, as well. Mm-hmm. And fortunate from her, she, she had a ghost sponsor, because otherwise she also wouldn't have gone to college, too, as well. Mm-hmm. And so she was able to, to you know, to, to be sponsored, and, and my parents only ended up paying maybe, like, $1,000 yeah. or something. But that's still, even then, that's still $1,000 that they had to find out, right? There was no way they're going to give me, like, five dollars $6,000 a semester, right? Like, that's, that's where is that coming from, yeah. you know? And I think, and, you know, now looking back in time, I could have even, I could have squandered, you know, I could have figured out more, but like, I mean, like the, the workload was like, there was, was art, right? I mean, like, you know, you're, you're, you're posting your things, you're working with color theory, you're working with like, you know, like with just with, with different artists, you're working with like just really prestigious people. And like, you know, like the, the school itself is just like, you know, there's legends there, man. And they really yeah. force you and they, they force you to kind of like get out of that shell and say like, I need you just to do it. Yeah. Right. And I think I've learned that because another thing that my, one of my artist teachers, I told him, he's like, he's cause he was guy comes in, guy comes in always with like some like Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and this is the, the class. It was my figure drawing class, anatomy class every Friday from 9am to 5.30pm. I was there all day. We had maybe like an hour of break, but we were going, looking at models, looking at everything. And like, it was just very like, just raw, like everything from that. But I remember I was doing, I was, I was, you know, obviously I think week five. The reason why I know all this is because it was such a, like a, a, a important moment in my life. He was, he was just checking in with everybody. He's like, so like, what do you, what do you like about this? 
right? I'm like, well, I like, I like art. I like drawing. I used to do animations and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, do you have anything to show like right now? And I'm like, yeah, I have like a few things here. And I showed him. He's like, okay. I'm like, where do you go from there? How do you push in there? All that to say, he was like, you know, like some people come here just to be, you know, like not knowing that they're a consumer. You're either a producer or you're a consumer. Hmm. Either you produce the work or you just, you just like, or you like to be in the, in the industry because you like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's a very, that's a very solid at the time, I didn't get it, but now I get it because I think a lot of people, like, they love music. We all love music. Of course we love music. But there are certain people who produce it mm-hmm. and, like, they know what that is. Either you're a consumer of the product or are you a producer of the product. And so what he was just making sure of because it obviously is a super intensive course. He was like, are you, are you about it or are you not about it? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to do here? And so, like, I, even those conversations, I was like, thank you for humbling me, right? Because even there are moments where I'm like, I don't know if I can be amongst these people, but... So, so you're a producer, to be to be clear. I like to believe, yeah, I like to believe I'm a producer. <laughs> I like to believe I'm a producer through all this. But that experience with Pratt definitely taught me so much. I mean, even the, the students, I I know, I know some of my friends are are, are working in the in the New Yorker. You know, like yeah. like these people are still like working hard, and I'm super proud of them. But but it's it's and some have their actually their their own creative agencies, and I'm like, Jesus, like you know, like like I know yeah. that they they you know they they bring you to a good place. But you know, that's I'm. That's not to say that's not my journey. That's not to say I'm there, right? But, like, if that's meant to be, then I'll get there. But that's not necessarily what I feel like is my calling or, like, where I'm meant to be. Is that that one of the first times that you actually displayed your art to people? Yo, yeah. Yeah, and we were talking about that. Yeah, no, every week. It wasn't just, like, the live drawing classes. It was also our homework afterwards because it was just everyone's stuff. And you can tell. You're like, wow, comparatively to everybody else, you don't want to be the the, the wackest one. But did people... Well, did people tell you you were the whack, or did you just tell yourself? Oh no, I was the wackest one. No, certainly oh. not. No, 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 no. <laughs> but but there were weeks where I I knew one week in pers- like wasn't my strongest, and like he made note of that, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I'll, I'll hold that. Like I try to like finesse, finesse on that. There was another color theory class where like we were using different like like colors, and obviously to like like bring something to like recreate classics, like some from like Monet and whatnot. And so I knew that that course was also tough too. And I, she was great. I forgot her name, but I know she was great. I was like, listen, I want you to really be honest with me. Like, yeah. like I know this is this is trash. And she was like, it's not, but you can certainly do better. I think you weren't trying. And I was like, oh, you're so good at this. Like, you're so. I mean, obviously, you know, these, these teachers are so good at that. And they're so on it. But yeah, a lot of about your work is exposing it to other people. It's about um, being honest with yourself and saying like, this is my best work. This is what I've done this week. Here you go. Yeah. But I, I don't know if this happened to you, but I recently I was journaling and. Uh, I've always struggled with this idea of labeling myself a creative. And the reason for that... So, all right. In, in, this, in this podcast, what I've learned is that authenticity is often us being the version of ourselves that we've been told we couldn't be. Right? So, growing up, like, I'm not, I don't consider myself an artist, but, like, I remember those art shows in middle school. Right. Yeah. Even down to my handwriting. Like, my mom would still make fun of me until this day. It was like, God, thank God people came out with computers. So, people could understand what you want to say. <laughs> right? But, like... I'm, I don't consider myself an artist, but I remember, like, I can't even draw a smiley face, right? And people right, like, right. make fun of me. So, to this day, I'm insecure about, like, creating anything and putting it out to the world. And it's evolved where, like, now these days I do, like, some typography and I put it out to the world. And it's weird that people, like, validate me and be like, oh, my God, that's dope. Like, where can I buy it? Blah. I'm like, wait, what? But this idea of just, like, putting it out there is a very vulnerable moment that I think a lot of people who are consumers don't realize. But the producer does because, like you said, like you're putting this on display with some of the top people in the world, and there has to be a level of comparison that you do. Oh, always, always. Which I mean, is 
difficult, right? And that's always going to be something, especially like in, in the art world. Like we have to, we have to be something recently that I've also realized too. It's like whether I can, I can draw the dopest character design. I'm like, yo, this is going to sell and people aren't going to like it, but I can draw like a chicken with like a, a helmet and people go ape for it. <laughs> like it's just, it just, there's such a, there's such a level of like art with everything, every form in life is very subjective. I cannot, I tell you this is good. Right. And there is a level of good. Yeah. I think when you compare to like compared to, and I'm going to just say like comparative to like what, what Kanye is looking for, right? Like he's looking for something timeless. Right. But that's a whole different conversation of like where design can be timeless. Mm. I'm talking about what's contemporary, contemporary art and what is good. That is all subjective. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're looking at pieces and when you're looking at things that are timeless, right. When it comes to like something like a, what we wear versus even to like, even to art or books is like, yeah, obviously those are timeless and there's a reason why they're timeless. But, you know, I, I, I tried very hard. I mean, I'm always going to compare myself not to others, but who I was last year. Mm. When, did, I, when did you when did you get to that point where you stopped comparing um, to others and started thinking about comparing to yourself? Honestly, maybe about like a year and a half ago. And I think and I think shouts to, 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 to video game amateurs like being in that in that community brand, just understanding because it's so easy to to. It's, I think it's very easy to get caught up in, especially in like a, in this world where, you know, we have podcasts are like a dime a dozen, right? We have gaming that are a dime a dozen. There's so many like music, entertainment, entertainment, Streamers, everything, content yeah. is so, is so like, it's not that saturated. It's just that there's more options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd never like to think anything is saturated because there's good things out there, right? But there yeah. are more options that you have to kind of dig deeper. And so, and so with that, dang, I, I went, I went really, really hard with this one. And then I, I well, lost my train of thought. Well, what happened a year and a half ago that was so impactful that. Yes. Yes. I, so into comparisons of Thief of Joy, I think to myself, like I look at what other people, I was looking at what other people were doing, not so much in, like with, 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 within my brand, within video game amateurs, but also within like just the people that I, I had, I held high esteem to. I'm just looking at what they were up to. Right. And then after a while, I'm just like, well, you know, we're obviously in two different similar spaces, but in different spaces, why do I, why do I feel the need to like see what they're up to when I can always create something that I know what I can do or better, right? Because there's no need. There's no need for this. This. This co- constant competition. There's always going to be, like, as there's much content. There's also as much opportunities. That's just the truth of it, right? And so when I look back at like, you know, even for myself, I said, if I'm in the same place I was last year, if I haven't done what I said I was going to do, if I haven't produced what I said I was going to produce, then yeah, that I'm just I just been consuming all this year, right? I've been just consuming. I just been haven't been doing anything that is is has done an impact. Not so much on everybody else, but on myself. I need to enjoy this. And whether or not it's, it, it works for everybody else, that's totally fine. Because obviously, at the end of the day, I'm just giving you a product. Or I'm giving people what I think is that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the chicken or whether it be <laughs> or, or the helmet, who knows. Is that along the time when you launch a VGA? No, we launched VGA in 2018. And when we started it, it was more so like just a streaming platform. We allowed for just like three of us, three of the guys. We just didn't have time to, to all stream together. And so we were like, hey, let's just, let's just stream, play Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That's what came out. That's kind of what inspired all this. And, and it was so, and it was, it was kind of crazy to like to think now where we had tournaments in, in Brandon's like three, the railroad apartment up in Harlem. But then we, we, we started to realize like what that need was and like, hey, let's just, Let's just bring people together that may not under like I think gaming gaming at the time was just not cool. I think gaming is just is still I think yeah, right? Like let's just even start with that. I think gaming at the time and and still is not 
accessible to like what mainstream is. I think no one really is is giving it to like the the normality of what it is. I see gaming as art. I see gaming as an art medium, and I see it how other people are. You know, because it's the same way as like an indie game is very similar as like an indie movie. I think of games very similar to movies. There's still a creative direction. There still is a story, and there's a narrative that people go through. And there's some really fantastic games that kind of sort of convey that. My thing is, how do we challenge my 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 biggest question that I always ask myself is like, how do I challenge the status quo on what is cool and what's not cool? How do I make things cool cool for the sake of cool? Yeah. And so that's sort of like how video game amateurs kind of like got into like a bigger space where then now we started implementing gaming for for students, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're working with a curriculum to kind of build that out. We're working with different events, activating different spaces, and something that I think we talked about in previous podcasts. What's so important about activating different spaces? If we weren't able to activate different spaces, we wouldn't know what's around us. Yeah. We get too comfortable with the same thing, right? Yeah. And then I can't challenge myself to produce what's what's just around me, right? And we want to yeah. look at that and, so, and start a broader horizon. Yeah, and I definitely want to get into more VGA, but 2018, <laughs> like, you're streaming. Yeah. And even, even the idea of streaming, like, that wasn't cool for a long time. No. A lot, a lot more people are into it now, but you also were, were working full-time in 2018, like... Where was your career around then? You don't have to say specific companies were like, what yeah. were you doing? At the time, so I just finished a coding boot camp. I just finished a coding boot camp because funny enough, I went back after leaving Samsung because I I went I fell into the marketing department. I was ended up being a, an instructional designer. I worked with like with Best Buy. Like essentially I worked with like, different brands to like teach because I wanted to be a, a trainer. I wanted to be like a global trainer. I wanted to go across the world and kind of like evangelize on Samsung products. I was eight for, I, I believe blue. I still believe blue for Samsung. You know, I still, I love them. And through there, I had such a strong network of like creative agencies that were working in tandem with Samsung because they, they did a lot of like third party, like they had third party networks for that. And then I was there. I literally helped build Samsung A37 where it was over there. So I was there for, I mean, I guess like a total of like four or five years mm-hmm. with that team and with like other creative agencies too there as well. And so I've learned so much, not just on the, just like the experiential retail, right? Like what is, what is retail? Cause at the time we were hired to sort of ask that question. Like what is retail going to look like in the next 10 years? Yeah. Right. Like, and, and, and what is the, what is the experience look like? How do we sort of mimic to like what Apple was doing at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and not to, not to kind of bash them. Right. But like, it's also like, you know, Apple knew what they were. They sort of stood, stood their lane. Once mm-hmm. they mastered that product, then they move into a bigger part where that fits in the ecosystem, which I think is super brilliant. I and mean, obviously we know that, but Samsung was trying to do something better where they were just like, we know our product is good. We don't care whether you buy it or not because our product is still in Apple's like product. Right. Yeah. But we wanted to build a store where you don't buy anything, but we want to bring an experience to bring you here and keep coming back. And so obviously they did that with a bunch of events. I mean, we had event, like three, four events every every week showcasing not only like the products, but also bringing like celebrities, bringing yeah. like podcasters, bringing all this. And it was so cool because from there I learned like what, what marketing strategies look like, what building decks look like, what building like a building a story. We're yeah. building a story around a product or around the brand. Mm-hmm. And that's something I could not quite like, like I, like the, the level of learning was, was super surreal there. I mean, I, I met so many famous celebrities. I met LeBron James there. Fire. Yeah. I mean, like he just, I, I'll never forget it. Cause we were in the green room. I had to help him with something. And I like, and I just like bumped it. I was like, he looked up, I, he looked down on me and I looked up <laughs> and I was like, huh. And I was like, yeah. Huh. And I was like, what's up? And I was like, ah. And it was cool. I, it's, just, it's just having that like connection of with like the people with, with people around us. I think it was like, I can't, you know, that's, that's not quant- quantifiable. So you were in marketing though, but then you decided to 
kind of like go back to what you were studying before a little bit. You went into the boot camp route. Data. Yeah, because I fell in love with data. And I fell in love with sort of like what is that need of, of a business. And I think that's where I think for me, I can tell a story through data. Mm. And then it helps me sort of like figure out what our next step look like because everything and I think everything is everything can be boiled down to numbers. I think like you'd, you'd be surprised. I mean, numbers get you in trouble. I'll never forget this. Numbers sure, will sure. always get you in trouble, but it gives you a forecast of like what things are going to look like and, and you know, like what works and what doesn't. But you're, that's, just, you're this interesting mix of like the art and the science. I have this weird like back and forth. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm, I'm, I'm in constant war with myself because it's like- Why is it a war? Because it's a leaning of like, Am I leaning in too hard into the strategy or am I not leaning enough into the creativeness of where I'm like, let's, let's see how it unfolds, right? right? Like, let's see where things are and how can we manifest this into like something bigger, right? Because yeah, yeah. you can get too stuck on that, but appreciate that. <laughs> and, and you do, you do pivot eventually into, before you get into VGA, we, you do pivot eventually into, into big tech. I fall into big tech, yeah. Which I think is very interesting because it's so different. And maybe this is a story that I'm making up in my head, but it's so different than an experiential retail experience that is Samsung A37. Yeah. Like, let's call it more corporate, if you will. 100%. 100%. And as as a Latino, like, I'm imagining many people that look like you in there compared to, actually, A37 as well, not many people, but it's just like a bigger team, et cetera. There's a bigger team. Yeah. And even the people that I worked with weren't necessarily people of color either. So like, yeah. there's also that, that truth too as well. But, but I think for me, I think getting into, into big tech and prior, well, actually prior to being in big tech, I, I went to, I worked at a nonprofit. I ended up working on a nonprofit for like about a year or so. And really what? I was their, their developer. I was like their web developer. And so that allowed me. So I'll tell you the real truth. I quit. <laughs> I quit my 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 coding boot camp. I just because my boy gave me opportunities. Like, yo, listen, just come with me. We'll figure things out. And I said, you know what? Best way to learn. Wait, 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 wait. What what was the opportunity? Was the opportunity that good you couldn't pass it up? Yes, because at the time, at the time, so I left Samsung on a whim. I left Samsung. And I said, listen, I'm done with this. It was 2018. I was like, listen, I'm I'm done with 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 just working experiential retail. I know kind of what I want to do, and I want to kind of like jump into that direction. What does that look like for an engineering role? Okay, okay. Let's. What does that look like? So I did not work for almost eight months, and I just studied. I studied. I re. I relearned coding. I did like JavaScript, Python. I just like kind of like honed in on that, passed the test, and I said, all right, let's do this. And then I think during the third week when they were teaching us like SQL, my boy was like, hey, listen, I'm looking for somebody for a database admin. You think you can do it? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I just, yeah, man, yeah, just up and left, yeah. That that's bold, man. Another relentless, yeah. Like I was just like, I can do it. I can figure I can this do it. Okay, I, yeah, I can yeah. I can figure this out. I can figure something out. Yeah, I think that was a but that was also a leap of faith too, because I'm coming in, I still have to get through the interview process. Right. I still gotta I still have to figure this out. So to me, I'm like, okay, I know what I've done. I've known what I've learned. I I built web apps before. I I've just done I just did it right now. I just have to re- replicate this and say, here's a vision of what I'm seeing for what you guys are doing. They weren't ready for that, but they're like, we like you. You're still hired. And so like, I was there for a year and I learned so much. I learned so much through like the, 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 you know, like through the nonprofit sector and what that entails and stuff like that. And I love the team, the team of, of people of color, you know, like everyone's majority of people of color. So like, it was just a different environment. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then to go from that to like big tech is big tech. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like culture shock. Oh know. my God. Oh my God. The first day. No, even my interview process, even my interview process was so strange. Cause it was like, yeah, like let's, let's whiteboard 
how many ads do you see in a day? Oh, like, uh, I, I could give you like a ballpark number, uh, like seven, because they, they just want to see how you think of things. Yeah, so yeah. I said, yeah, you got seven ads a second. And by how many ads I see on Facebook, there's three, three times sure, sure. billion people, you know, because, you know, yeah. obviously we, we, you know, we, we've done those like those coding like gotchas, you know, stuff like that. So, but yeah, first day I was there. They're like, yeah, help yourself. We have. We have sparkling soda here. We have <laughs> milk. We have this. this, And it was just the strangest. And let me tell you the strangest thing. Oh, my God. It was 20, It was 20, 2019. Like, end of 2019. I've never been to a corporate holiday party in my life. <laughs> so I'm the only person of color coming in with all these people. And I remember, granted, my team, my team is super solid. But, like, they were just, like, all these lights of fashion. People were, like, in the in the bathroom doing god knows i was like what is going on Uh, i was like what is going on here like what is going on i was just like i was floored but it was just such a it was such a a sharp turn to see like yeah like we don't like money money does not does not matter to these people like you know everything is expense like hey like i need you to like they 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 brought they told me to to for the team because you know they they not initiation but they're like hey just like find a, a fun activity to do with the team I'm like yo this is gonna cost eight hundred dollars y'all cool like no we need more like give it fifteen I was like what we need more. <laughs> like I need more it was such a it was it was such a it, even the culture of just like like they were they were they they had a they had a cleaning company like they were they're Dominicans Dominicans yeah. are some people like us and like yeah. it just killed me that like they try to put my plate right next to me like no 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 don't worry about it yeah. like I got it yeah. like I got it you know and I, and I and I always remember that I'm like all these all these people who have no idea of like like pick it up yourselves like it's not yeah. it's not that deep and it's just like they're just scrounging for like this this office this office mentality of just like oh there's free snacks here oh there's like all these things and people just come like the first ones in the office to steal to steal the coconut juice the coconut water I'm like this is so weird we're so like it, it just feels like a um like just the nicest I guess the nice way to say it is just like people are so spoiled like yeah. it's just like a entitled. weird thing entitled yeah. and I'm here just like I'm just happy to be here you right, know right. And, it, and it just couldn't shake that off and uh, mm-hmm. and not that it was a bad time being there it was just more so like I just had a I just had just difficulty of one 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 manager not my manager there was a there's a certain certain manager there's obviously no names like homie couldn't even figure out my name like he was confusing me and a Guyanese guy we even looked. We even looked the same. There was like there was no similarity on that. And, Wait, he would just call you his name. Yeah, and vice versa. And like after and like in emails, it was it was like a four or five month kind of like thing. That's crazy. And I was like, what the fuck? well, I think I think the word you said, which is a great word, it's just like weird. It's just different. Different. Yeah. It, it's almost like I feel this way certain, certain times about restaurants. Like there's this restaurant in in Riverdale, and I'm forgetting the name, but you walk in there, you feel like you're in Tulum. It's just like you're not in New York. And I feel like that's kind of like what corporate is. Like you walk in some jobs, you walk in, yeah. and you're just like, "Am I in New York?" Or it's just like its own world, its own it's culture, its own, its own, own set of rules and standards, and all these other things. Right. It, it's it's really really interesting. Was that a proud moment for you, being accepted into that? Space? That's a that's a great question. That's a thank you for that. I have to I have to sit with that. Some some moments I'm like, "Wow, I did it." Like, right, because they went from from that, then I ended up going to another similar company, right, because it ended up being, like, bought out, but then, like, I had, like, and that is a whole different story about even getting there, right, because some people didn't even believe me. Like, homies didn't even believe that I, I was, I got hired. They're like, show me your email. I'm like, wait, 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 get wait. this, get this out of, yeah, man, yeah, like, like, not even, like, I'm already shocked, right, but now I have people who are looking at me like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean, whatever you mean, like, 
Because again, these are the same people, the same people who I didn't graduate. Because remember, I didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. I didn't graduate college. I dropped out of practice. I couldn't afford it. I have. I dropped essentially out of coding academy, my my my, my coding boot camp. I had nothing to my name to say like I am worthy of of this job. But I'm like, yo, but I'm but I'm good. Like like it's not. It's being relentless. It's about like this is meant for me. This is what I know. I I can get this. This is not like I'm not confusing like if and when. Like I'm getting this. And so I there are moments where I wonder like yo, all my friends have masters in engineering and they're not even in, in any of these big tech spaces. They've never been in any of the things. So I'm like, I don't know how I got it, but I got it, you know? But again, you have to, I, I can't downplay the work that I've done. Mm. And I, and I, and I see myself even while talking to you and even, even quite often with all those conversations I've had, like I, I downplay myself a lot because I feel like I, there's no conventional, like my story is not conventional at all. Yeah. Right, so like, there's no place for to be like, how did you get? How'd you land from here all the way here now? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. but but yeah, no, that was a real that was a real thing. A lot of a lot of people were just looking at me like, what? Yeah. 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 Well, it's also and it's such a small thing, right? But even the idea of going back to my grandma in church, I cannot. My grandma can now say because Facebook is such a recognizable thing. My grandma could be like, oh, he works at Facebook. Oh, and yeah. my mom is my mom is like, oh, I know what Facebook is. Like, I use that. You know what I mean? Like. Your family or your friends could be like, "Oh my god, I use this product all the time." You know what I mean? Like it's everywhere. Yeah, no, there were. There's I mean, no recognizability to it. Well, once once I was working at Samsung, they were like, "Oh my god, like this is right, like, that like yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah, yeah. Off that, they're just like, "Oh, but and they used to get Samsung, phones all yeah. the time. They used to get phones all the time. My parents were spoiled with phones. They used to give me phones all the time. So they were like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, y, y, y el nuevo, y el nuevo. Cuando cuando viene?" I was like, "Shouts to you, Nancy. Like, shouts to you." But like, you know, I. You know, but that's the truth, right? And then now, like, when I was working at the other company, they were like, oh, pero tú está... Y todo esto, y lo Xbox, you know, you know, just to kind of give that. But, did like, pe- it was... Did people ask you to, like, fix their phones? Because I always get the... Always. Oh. Always. Always. <laughs> My know. dad still to this day, he's like, yo, arreglamenta... I'm like, yo, bro, like, I've been, yeah. I've been graduated. Like, I don't even know. I can't even help you. I don't even know there's a Samsung S24. I'm like, bro, I'm so behind, man. Like, I don't got that. Bro, I remember I used to do uh, career days while I out of, like, like, high school students into the office. And there was a few, like, funny moments. One, speaking of, like, when you said milk that triggered me because Ugh. there was a kid i was like yeah pick whatever you want and the kids would go crazy like as crazy as like the people that worked there would the kids were like oh my god snacks blah blah yo this kid one kid got cereal and took the whole carton of milk and put that inside his jacket and i laughed but also i'm like damn, damn maybe he don't got no milk at home too maybe he yeah like, yeah sometimes and that's a, and that's a reality yeah, yeah. but it, in in the same career day i remember i did it for like college students as well and this dude, you know, Instagrams on the Facebook, they were like, yo, I got this mixtape coming out. Like, what can I do to, like, make this go viral on the gram? And I'm like, bro. Bro, I, I can't I, help. Bro, I can't. <laughs> Why you just get, like, random questions like that? Or my mom being like, yo, I forgot my password. Like, help me. That's not how this works. All of the, yeah. Right, I'm like, yeah. that's not my job. I don't it's know how so, to do that. Yeah, it's actually funny. I had someone last week like, yo, can you help me with this, like, Instagram password? I'm like, yo, you do not own. Like, I'm not even. <laughs> I have friends there. I think I can help you there, but I don't. I, what am I supposed to do? Like, oh yeah, sure. I can call somebody. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All know? right. So go. So that that's really interesting. All right. So going back to some of your earlier career days, like, what was your first day fit? <laughs> For <laughs> yo, man, I had I had a plaid shirt. I had like the button up, and I, once I realized because it was so weird because it's the culture too was like everybody, everybody like my manager dress. She she just had it she just had it down pat. Shout out to her. She was she was definitely like super suave on that. But I just came in. I was like, oh, I guess I'll be buttoned up. I, I have my I have, I have no Patagonia or anything. I was just like, oh, I had a plaid shirt. And after a while, I'm like, okay, everyone kind of just dresses normally. And I started dressing like 
like me. You yeah, know, like, like, but, but like at the time, just like a hoodie, maybe some like some. And I was like, can I get away with this? Can I start? And that was a whole like. I still didn't feel comfortable doing that. Well, I was why? Like, why did you dress up like a off-duty police officer? Like, why did <laughs> because you? I had to. <laughs> <laughs> because I. Because again, I. I had no. I had no guidance on like you know like I had no. I had no people like me in that place. I was and that sucked. That sucked. That sucked. And honestly, that's really the reason why. Like I mean, I think. You know, looking back at, it, I think that was, that was one of the main reasons why I had. Yo, it was so funny. I didn't make like. Friend, like you know, like 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 you know the friends we do, we look at like, the ones we look at each other like oh yeah ah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I didn't make those friends until maybe like maybe three months before I left uh, my job but I still actually speak to them they still they're so homies they're so great they actually one of them actually also left but she's awesome and like and we had that moment on Zoom we're like are you you're cool right <laughs> ah, okay yeah, yeah we're cool like, and so it was just like just you 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 find those those connections but man I mean that was a why did why did you wait so long to because there's nobody around, like, like the pandemic happened. Right. So like, I only, I was only really working there for maybe three, four months, like, you know, like in person until we were just fully virtual from 2020 all the way to like my, the end of my, you know, my last day. Right. So that's interesting, man. And speak, you said the word lonely earlier, like that, that's a lonely experience as well. Yo. Yeah. And I'm, I'm usually just like, the first be like, yo, what's up? Let's just have a good time. Yeah. Let's kind of just vibe and stuff like that. And it wasn't like my team wasn't good. It was just that like, y'all don't like y'all don't get it. Y'all yeah. don't see it. And that's okay. That's right. okay, right? I don't think and I, there's no shame to them. I think even trying to find like people like like oh my god, yeah, the freaking even there the Slack we had a Slack channel for like the Latinos in in. Mm-hmm. In that company, sure, sure, bro, it was run by some like Irish woman. Like, what am I? What, like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with this? You know, and like, and it was just, it was, it was so weird, but it was so funny to like. Cause I think I also funny enough, I actually put on one of my one of my DJ friends for one of their events mm-hmm. and their mixers, and I remember she told me like, and it was virtual, it was a virtual like DJ thing. And she was like, yeah, like you know, they were like doing this, like there wasn't like literally like, dancing and stuff, and I was like, it was so funny. It's a, it's just, it's just corp, you know, corporate's just weird. I think, I think. I say that right, and I'm—I don't think I'm gonna regret anything that I'm gonna say right now. I just think, I think we 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 live in like a certain standard of like of like you know we're we're chasing. We were told as young kids that we're chasing, we're gonna chase to get into these top companies, right? But we don't know how long these companies gonna last. I mean, I got offered a job in Meta, and then the next week, like they laid off everybody, right? Like it doesn't, like I can tell those people, yeah, I got accepted all these all these like opportunities and jobs and roles. Yes, granted, I didn't graduate anything, but like this is just. This is this does not speak to me. This is just a job, and granted, you can learn skills and stuff like that. But I don't, but I don't necessarily conform into like that the the culture of of corporate culture. Yeah, no, but it is a weird place. But also, what you said is powerful too. Like we, our dream is to get to those big names and get the checks and all that. But I think oftentimes we lose ourselves in the process, right? We code switch, we assimilate. At least a lot of us. Tell me about a time when you think your authenticity was met with some resistance. Whew. It's so funny. I always, I always, I always think of that of of that one place just because I spent so much time there. Yo, yeah, yo, you know, it's not authenticity met with resistance. But let me tell you this one story. You know when In the Heights came out? Sure. <laughs> Everyone and their mothers like slacked me. It's like, oh, like was that filmed by you? I'm like, yo, can you hop off? Like, it's not even that deep. It's, and and I know they were trying to like, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, you're from the Heights. I love this is famous spot. Like everyone tried to like, everyone for some reason wanted to like 
be like, yeah, I'm down with you. I'm like, yo, bro, like I'm not even, I'm not even that cool. Like I'm just, <laughs> like, like there's no, there's no, like, what are you, what are you trying to like connect with here? Like you know, like I, I like sports. I like other things here. I don't think. Like just because you like la la caridad, like means like now we're gonna be best friends. <laughs> yeah, like I don't like they were like, oh yeah, the conde, I love the conde steakhouse. I I go there all the time with my family. I used to live out there, you know. You know, I'm like yeah, but you you in Jersey with your white husband, so I don't know what to tell you. So is it is it is it more so maybe like you felt like there's so much about you even beyond just being Dominican, like opportunities that connected. You felt like it was forced. <laughs> Come on. We know that. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> we know no, that. But it's true. Like you but started thinking yeah. like sports and and you, you were into art, video games. And right. I mean, there's so many things to connect with somebody on, but but they they had to choose like where are you from? Are you Dominican? Oh, I love Dominicans. You can dance. Oh my God. Yes. You know what? It was so crazy. Even in that holiday party, man. Now you got me riled up here. The holiday party, like there's just like. Like, at least to, like, two other girls I kind of knew, and they were just like, oh, like, you know how to dance, right? Like, because you're, like, because you're Latino. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing this. I, I just started, like, two months ago. I'm not trying to do all this. It was just yeah. so weird. It was just like this, like, people feel so comfortable to sort of, like, test your, your like, like people, yeah, I think white people are very comfortable to test your Hispanicness or like your 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 color like you know like like who you are is like oh are you really this Hispanic well come do this or do this right, or like right. oh my god like how do you I'm like yo like I don't have to explain to you anything I certainly don't want you to explain to me anything about your life and I think we can be okay here mm. right like we can all be copacetic without af- actually having to to, to to form to that because you know that's just no like I'm not I'm not a I'm not a spectacle right I'm not well, a, yeah, that's how I felt. I wonder if some of those experiences prohibited you from opening up to your colleagues. Because you also shared the experience of even people that shared similar cultures. You're like, yo, I wasn't even, I, I didn't even try to get cool with them until like three months before I left. So if you wasn't trying to be cool with them, I'm imagining the like mental gymnastics you probably did around like not wanting to just open up when they ask you questions. Like, how was your weekend? What are you doing? This, like, even during that time, like you were streaming, you were doing so many other things that were like so interesting, so dope, so potentially relatable outside of even your culture. But maybe that was uncomfortable. Yeah, and 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 my team, my my obviously my the proximity of my team actually knew, and we're a small team of like eight people. We're global, okay. right? So like they knew obviously they saw that my background every day during the pandemic. They're like, dang, like you got a whole streaming thing going on. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Oh, interesting. So you didn't do so even during the pandemic because I know people that like intentionally decided to look for like the white wall behind them. I, I, this is, I guess, where the, where your original question came from, like, with that resistance, right? They're like, oh, you got, like, a lot going on there. So I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, what's up? And then they try to make fun of me, too. They're like, oh, like, you know, when's your, when are you going to hit, like, a million followers and stuff? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, like, oh, my God. Like, yo, 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 that, yeah. re- that reminds me of when I launched Plural or Plural, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. I started with, like, T-shirts, right? And I would get these, like, little sarcastic comments of, like, people saying, like, really cool buzzwords corporate They're like, oh, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, right. Like, 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 I know you don't mean that. You're trying to, like, sarcastically make fun of the vision and what I'm trying to do. Or, like, of course. oh, maybe you should say that on the podcast. And yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, get the hell out of here. Like, get this. Yeah, sure. Because you're, you're stuck here with this, this job. And I was like, and that's why I hate, I hate when, like, a job becomes a personality. I'm like, please get this out of oh, here. Oh, my God. Get out of here but with this. But it's so easy to do that, bro. Because that's all you've been living for. Because because when you when you feel like your whole entire life is predicated on this one job, this one opportunity, this one role, then yeah, obviously like this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And unfortunately, yeah. whether or not you believe it or not, we there's nothing set in stone on life. Yeah. Like we like 
Meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call it, like they've also lost their people. Microsoft lost their people. Yeah. Like, you know, we have AT&T. Like we have all these companies that like are not doing well because obviously the market, like let's be honest with ourselves here. Like we are replaceable. What happens? Like we are not, like we are not the job that we, we choose, like we, we are, we're getting paid with. Right, do a good job. Of course, I'm not telling you not to do a good job, but also look into yourself and say, like, well, what happens when this job is no longer here? What happens if I'm no longer Ivan at Microsoft.com? Right, like, who, who? I'm still Ivan, right? I'm still the other people. Okay, when did you get that mindset? I got that mindset. I had to force myself with that mindset because the hard part, the second hardest, my first hardest, the the first hardest conversation I had with my mom was telling her that I had to leave school. Mm -hmm. The second one was that I that I was leaving Microsoft. Mm Because to this day, she still has no idea. She was like, there's like, why? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, mom, I, you know, I, I believe in a vision. I believe in, in, in sort of like what I'm doing and I, and I have a plan. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I, I, I want to believe I have a plan or I, I believe like there are things that are aligned with me that allow me to, to, to capitalize on this. And if I don't do this now, I'm telling you, like, this is just not like, like, I don't know what else. Yeah. I do not know what else. And I'm okay with that. Right, because I don't. We're we're. There is no law saying Pabell can't do this. Mm-hmm. There's no law saying Ivan can't do this. The job. This is once you. It's and I know you feel. You know this feeling. You Facebook is dope. Meta at the time when I'm sure when you're working was dope, mm-hmm. right? And it sucks that you have to come. You have to come with people and say like, oh, I used to. You know, I worked at Facebook. Oh, now I care. Mm-hmm. Oh, I worked at Microsoft. Oh, now I can work at AT and T. Oh, now we care. Now we care that I work there. Oh, like. You don't care about yeah. who I am, yeah. but you yeah. certainly care about what I bring. Yeah. So now I have some groundbreaking knowledge that like no one else knows. Like, no, I worked for a job. <laughs> like, I worked for this company. I happen to be hired. Like, it's just it's not. We 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 including and I think the hardest the people who do this a lot is obviously the people within our own community. They're just like, oh, oh, so you so you know what you're talking about. I'm like, no one really knows what they're talking about. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but that so there's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack there. No, I think I think that validation is also what gets people to stay as well. I mean, on top of a bunch of other things, but like, I always share the story. Like I was, <laughs> I was at like the, the T-Mobile store and they were like, Oh, let me see if you got an employee discount. Oh my God, where do you work? And I was like, Oh, TikTok. They were like, Oh my God, TikTok girl. Yo. Right. And I'm just, and that, think about that validation on like every experience or every interaction where you introduce yourself. Right. I mean, I would go on dates and I'd be like, I, I felt the confidence to be like, I couldn't wait for someone to ask me where I work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm insecure. Like, I don't want you to ask me where I work. You know like, what I mean? uh... Or it took me a long time to build the confidence and say certain things about what, what I'm working on now. But it's a tough decision. And I feel you on that, too. Like, when I, when I used to introduce myself, I'd be like, well, not that I said, like, oh, I work at Microsoft. But I'm like, oh, you know, Microsoft and stuff. Like, oh, my God, so cool. Now yeah. it's like, oh, like, you know, like, well, I used to work at Microsoft. And now, you know, I'm just, like, kind of, like, looking at this direction and what that looks like. And they're like, oh, you know, but that's going to look cute another six months. Right? That's a whole year. And you're like, well. Like, you feel the need to pre-qualify I, certain things. Always. And I think, and especially in, like, the industries that we are in, right, like, that we're trying to tap into. But eventually, like, eventually you won't, man. Eventually you'll just be like, this is what I do. And you'll have that confidence that. Like, you'll put that on the same pedestal as we do with the big tech. You know what I mean? And we have to be unapologetically relentless on that, too. Let that word. We have to just, like, it yeah. just, it's just driving it home, right? Yeah. Because no one else, you know, no one else is going to do it for you, right? Like, no one else is going to tell you, like, this is, because, yeah, it sounds crazy until it works, right? When my, my friends, when I started it VGA. It crazy until, until it, it works. works. My friends were like, "What the hell is VGA? You, oh, so you guys get to stream and chill?" Well, I don't know. We just had a we, we had a bunch of different things. Like we had, you know, like we we that's, had one of the what, members of Dipset come out. So I don't know. You tell me. I think we're doing a pretty decent job. That's so. what, what 
going back to the you telling people about certain things, like that's what people told you. You're just gonna scream and chill. Yeah, and I was like, no, that's not what we're doing, you know. But but again, and you know, these these are, and it's something against my friends. Everyone always has an opinion on something. Yeah, and even if they're joking, like you, people. I, listen, like I like a good rogue session. I like oh, of course, jokes, yeah, yo. But even even as funny as they are, even like the slightest or the and people don't intend to say certain mean certain things, they still like that would have hurt me a little bit. You hold it, you hold it, yeah, you hold it. You're just like okay, like like I yeah. see, you know, and it's like you know, obviously not, no shit on them. It's also like okay, that's what they're seeing right now, and that's okay because. Yeah. That vision was not given to you; it was given to me. Right, and and look, I've probably been guilty of that shit too. Oh, percent. You look at people like, what are they doing? I get, I, I'm a hater. Like we all, we all <laughs> just, we, just like our parents, we all want to see the best for our friends and et cetera. Like we're just trying to protect them potentially, right? Always, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we internalize all of those comments. And I think, in, in the end of the day, too, and with those internalized comments, you're right. I cannot denounce work because you're still choosing to do this work. That's outside of anyone else's scope. Like you're still doing work. You're still doing good. Whether or not it's good in work, that's a whole different story. But you're still doing to do the work. So for for I always look at people like, oh, y'all are starting this up. You're good. You guys are doing this. You guys, how many episodes? Okay, that's consistency. Consistency, I can work with. Mm-hmm. With all this thing, I can work with this. And honestly, they have a vision. They have a plan, and they're gonna grow with it. Because what we were, what you were a year ago, certainly is what you are a year now, right? And mm-hmm. now you have an idea of like what Pural is gonna look like, or mm-hmm. even for myself, of what my digital analogs, VGA. The back line, <laughs> the, all these things that I, that I do is just like, you know, there's, you know, these things evolve just like we do and we have to always evolve with it. So, and that's fine, right? Like what, what, you, what I thought was streaming, well, what we were just streaming and chill now turns into like a creative agency for like gaming. And now we're working with brands like Nike, you know, like to, to sort of see that vision of like what that looks like. Yeah. It just works now. It just works. That, that, that vision is so important, man. I was just telling, I was just talking to a, a friend about you. Like he works, he works at Google and they're, they're doing layoffs as well. And it's kind of. Forcing him to think about where he can take these, some of these transferable skills, and I asked him before, you know, you know, what are you passionate about? What are you into, right? And yeah. you know, we listed certain things like video games, reading, blah blah blah, right? And right now, when he's looking at jobs, he can only like he's he's an ad sales, so he's only looking at other ad sales jobs at other companies because that's as far as he can dream because that's all that he's seen. Right. But when I see you and I tell him that you're using video games as a way to educate the world on various skills, like he's never seen that opportunity because he's just never seen somebody do it. I will tell you this, and that is great to hear. Like I, the idea of education in video, like the, the, the idea that he can work in the video game industry and it not be ad sales within a video game company. Like, yeah. That's such a, it's, such a, it's such a foreign thing for people who just, again, it's like, this is your lane. Yeah. Fun fact, it's not your lane, right? Like you, you've worked all this time in life to, to feel like you just do ad sales and that's not, I mean, not right, so you're right. Friend, but yeah. that's not the truth. Right. Keep your skills hot. You'll always find a spot. That's a look, bar, look inside yourself and look at how, and I've, and I've had the conversation with other people as well. Look inside yourself and see what other transferable skills you've had. Yeah. With VGA, I, I know video editing for sure. I know content creation, production. I'm able to like see a vision and see what a campaign looks like, do a creative, and what, is that like, what does that look like for marketing? I've learned all that through VGA. Through my podcast, I'm able to obviously learn through like OBS, through like all the production mm-hmm. side, I can do that. Through my work in, uh, yeah. from Microsoft and other places, yeah. I have now learned, I know ad tech. I know like what those systems look like. I'm building things out through like other different um, coding languages. Like yeah. I'm, 
I'm a quad, like yeah. whatever threat that may look like. And I, and what I, what I do implore for like your, your viewers and even to like to everybody listening to this, it's like, look inside yourself and see like, just cause the job says this is what you do. doesn't mean that's all you do. Mm. Right. And, and then, then if you, if you, if you give yourself an opportunity to say like, well, what else did I do in this time? Yeah. Cool. Then let's, let's, let's pivot. Honestly, shoot your shot. Yeah. shoot your shot I, I like shoot your shot look at the role that you want to do and apply for it because then they're more often than not they're looking for people who can just meet it and that's and that's kind of like my my I think that's my journey right now to to become a creative director and that's where I want to really? I want to I want to fall into that yeah what do you mean a creative director I want to build this is this is my this is my this is my ultimate dream I want to be a creative director for a for a soccer company for a soccer brand I want to be like consulting for a soccer brand, wherever it be in Europe and here in New York, or I mean, or you know, wherever. But I really want to see like what the vision looks like and how do we get people to to buy into what this encompasses and what that encompasses not just like for for marketing or for campaign, but also like for clothing. What are the brands around our local that we can also magnify to bring that? What are the events that we can also bring from like local uproot communities and bring in like what other things aside from just soccer? I like soccer, but I don't play that much. I like gaming though, so mm. let's bring that. Let's also bring about like what is that you know how do we how do we how do we do like again it's a, a director is all about telling a story mm-hmm. we all are all storytellers mm-hmm. how do we sort of how do we magnify the, those who need to be spoken heard of i think you're doing a great job of that here right now and that's sort of like what i want to reflect on for a brand which is kind of what i'm already doing for pga but just now doing it for like a first for just sports i love that man and i think all the skills that you're acquiring there's a are, reason. Are, like, yeah. Like, you seem so... A lot of people don't like to... What's your 10-year vision? Like, I feel like you've been thinking about that forever, and you're just, like, picking up the pieces to eventually get to that spot. It's a calling. So that's why I tell people. It's like, whatever I'm doing, it's only building up to, like, that. Yeah. Whatever that may look like, but it's giving me all the opportunities. Because what I know that I'm going to do only resides with me but i'm gonna see that vision and that's why for me like finding being being boxed into like something like that i'm like that doesn't doesn't work with me i can't do it that's triggering too man i remember (laughs) i I remember a a manager like i'm I'm in sales but i had this like idea to like do this creative event with the client blah blah right and my manager was like pavel your job is to set up meetings go set up meetings no i'm i I leave it was the most i love you okay okay thing that someone's ever told me because to your point they try to put me in a box and tell me that i can only do a certain thing and that drives me crazy it doesn't allow me to 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 have the autonomy to be able to do that i know is going to work like you hired me to do the dope so it's frustrating man but to wrap up what inspires you to continue being your most authentic self this relentless version of yourself that you are these days I think right now, I think right now what, what, what keeps me inspired is knowing that, like I'm, I'm now seeing the fruits of my labor come to fruition. I'm seeing a lot of the things that like I've had nights where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing, am, is, is this path right for me? And you know, and I, obviously I'm a, I'm a believer, so I'm like, yo Lord, is this really where I'm, am I being driven to this point? Is this the path right for me? And if so, like, please like help me figure something out but i but i'm starting to see like everything sort of like fall into place and this is all the work the silent work that you i know that you do the sound that we all do day to day is now coming to fruition so i'm just kind of like letting that happen but still be more intentional of that my biggest thing i think my, my biggest takeaway from this is it's it's not about me right the work that i do is not about me the work that i do is is really like even for vga it's it's about the children it's about like having people who are underrepresented to to find a, a haven 
what I wish I had when I was growing up is what I'm giving to other kids. And I'll leave you with this. When I was 13 years old, I talked about the, my, my animation uh, journey. I was 13 years old and I was in Mott Hall. It's actually not too far from where we are right now in this in Wine and Unwind. And there was an Adobe, an Adobe specialist who came into and I learned so much from him. He taught me how to do animation and I was already learning how to animate, but he taught me how to make a game. And so we went back and forth on email and like I talked to him for the next two, three years. And then we stopped in con contact because obviously I think that sounds weird to have like a 14 year old kind of like <laughs> ask him so many weird questions, right? But turns out obviously he is now one of the, the lead directors in, in Adobe still. And I shot my shot. I was like, hey, you know, thank you so much because of you. I was able to make VGA. And so I always leave with that, like the impact that you do is never, is never like left there because you never know who you're gonna make an impact. So to me, people first. Mi gente, that wraps up another episode of the Can't Do It As podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor, like, share, comment, wherever you're listening to this episode, be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave us a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and see you next time.